All right, good Monday morning, Four Oaks. This is the last Monday in October, if you can believe it or not. Let's see here, gosh, October 30th, tomorrow, Reformation Day, okay? Break out your uh, your reformational figure um, costumes and really freak everybody out when you pass out candy at the door. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Word of God. So we are in Matthew's Gospel, and if you're new to this devotional, we have a, a rhythm, we have sort of a plan each and every week, and essentially that plan is that we are working through a passage, the passage of Scripture that we're going to be studying or preaching on for that upcoming Sunday. And again, the idea here is that uh, we're not just sort of being consumers of theological information or Bible knowledge, but hopefully as we work through a passage together, you're picking up uh, some tools. We're sort of learning, um, interpreting the passage together, and that you're, um, we're all by God's grace becoming uh, better students of the word and how to, to appropriately interpret and apply the Bible. So that's the goal. That's that's the purpose. And this week we are going to be in a short passage. It's Matthew 12, 33 through 37. And we've just come off the heels of a pretty, oh, what shall we, a, a, a pointed passage, right? Um, about the unforgivable sin and about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And once again, this is a good opportunity um, for us just to, to, again, talk about the importance of context, 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 okay? Um, because obviously, when Matthew wrote his gospel, he didn't write it with chapter and verse divisions. Those were added hundreds of years later to help folks like us um, more easily access different passages and such. But, but of course... In those days when Matthew wrote, sometimes these gospels, would, or oftentimes they were, uh, put to memory. And so, um, because that's sometimes a lost art in our culture, um, really it's a lost art in the, in the history of the church over time, we have chapter and verse divisions to help our study. So there, there's some advantages to that, but a disadvantage is that sometimes we can put arbitrary distinctions between narrative and the flow of a book or a letter or a biography when none is intended. And that is exactly what we have here this morning in our text, okay? Because um, here's the challenge. It's, it would be impossible to, to pre not impossible, but um, of course, but it would be difficult to, to handle multiple chapters of text at the same time in a preaching series. Um, or even when we're studying, right, it's very difficult to, uh, the, more, the more passage there is, the, the more work that goes into it that's involved. And, and so we have to, not we have to, but we, we, we choose to sort of break it down into themes, natural divisions and sections, um, but sometimes uh, that's very difficult. And what we're going to find here this morning is that really this passage is just a continuation of the unforgivable sin passage. And so let's, let's read it, okay, and then let's start to situate it and kind of scope out where we want to go this week, okay? 
So this is Matthew 12. Let's begin at verse 33. We're going down to verse 37. This is Jesus speaking. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, so uh, rule number one, we always talk about what comes before, what comes after a passage. So when you look back through Matthew, um, let's remember that all of this um, confrontation with the Pharisees and Sadducees began at the beginning of Matthew 12. And that is, again, at the, the, you know, they were having divisions over, over the Sabbath. And it was from this time forward, uh, Matthew tells us, that they sought to destroy him to put him to death. So, so this whole, that's the whole scope of this, of this particular section of Matthew. Um, this, this growing tension and conflict with the Pharisees. And it really explodes in our passage last week where Jesus tells them that they are blaspheming the Spirit that they are attributing to Satan what is obviously um, works and the power that are done only by the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, that's blasphemy. To know who Jesus is, to see his work, it's self-evident. Um, there's not a shred of doubt in your mind. But then to wickedly uh, attribute that work to Satan um, shows such a hardness of heart that Jesus says that person is in a very precarious position, and he's talking to the Pharisees. Now, in the passage we just read, you can tell um, this is a continuation of that very section, okay? And it seems here that Jesus, um, in speaking to the Pharisees, goes on to make a judgment about them, okay? So they've made a judgment about Jesus. I think this is one way you can think about it. Um, now, Jesus is making a judgment about them based upon, okay, and here's, here, this is what's important, their words, okay? And, and because he, he makes a great point here of saying that, that, that it's by your words you will be justified, by your words will be condemned, and that it's by your words that uh, your words don't come out of nowhere, Right? Your, your words flow from your heart. They, 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 they are indicative of what's happening on, on the inside. And so, and so what Jesus is doing here, he's talked about the sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and, and how by their words they are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And he now wants to say something uh, about the nature or the dynamics of what is going on in their hearts, okay? So I think that's the way to understand how these passages connect. Although, 
in one sitting. They're all part of one story. Okay, I, ho I hope that makes sense. Okay, so so where do we where do we want to go this week? I think it would be helpful. Okay, uh, to begin first by by noting the different metaphors that Jesus is using. Okay, so he talks about a good tree, a uh, a good tree, good fruit, bad tree bad fruit. Okay. So now if you have been studying Matthew, then you know, this is not the first time you've heard about fruit. This is not the first time you've heard about trees. Okay. This has been sprinkled all through, um, Matthew's gospel to this point. And so that's a marker to say, Hmm, before we go see what other scripture writers might say about trees and fruit and all that sort of stuff. Let's let's try to understand what Matthew says about trees and fruit and those sorts of things and in order to better understand how he's tying these things together. The second thing you'll notice metaphor here is he calls them a brood of vipers, okay? Again, um, where have we heard this before? Well, Jesus has used this very term um, against the fat Pharisees. I think it was in the context of John the Baptist. And so once again, what we want to do is go back and look at those times in Matthew where Jesus uses those sort of terms for the Pharisees. And then finally, a final metaphor here is, um, or, or a third metaphor here, is this idea that the good person brings forth good, the evil person brings forth evil. He's talking about the heart. Once more, Jesus has already said some things about this or will say some things in, uh, about this in Matthew, and we want to, to understand those contexts as well. And then finally, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. I have not studied this passage yet, okay? So truth in advertising. Um, but that, to me, sounds a lot like um, one of those proverbial sayings that Jesus is quoting that was either well-known the, by the Jewish people or the Greek culture, and he's using it and applying it to the Pharisees, okay? So, so what we've done here this morning is kind of set the context, and we flagged uh, four metaphors um, that he uses, analogies, illustrations, that we want to um, go back and find in Matthew so that we can um, put an even finer point on what Jesus is saying here, because he's expanding his discussion from not just what's going on in the heart of the Pharisees, but he's talking about humans in general. And we want to, as we're digging into this, be able to, to be able to piece these things together so that we can take what is appropriate for us as we apply it to our own lives, okay? So just imagine you've sat in class today and I've given you a homework assignment, okay? Go into the back of your study Bible or your concordance and look for the times in Matthew where the word tree or fruit is mentioned. Look at all the times that, that the word vipers is mentioned, okay? Go and look at where treasure is mentioned, uh, where judgment is mentioned, okay? I think you got the idea. And let's try to understand in the context of Matthew, what Matthew means by all of those words. And as we do that, 
we can begin to, to rightly parcel out here um, the, the main thrust of what Matthew is wanting to tell us, okay? All right, so that was your kind of your, your Bible lesson for today. It was a little, little nerdy, um, but tomorrow we're going to, to, in a more specific way, actually dig into the text, okay? But, but again, please understand why we do this, what we might call spade work. We do it on the front end so that we're not just rushing right into a passage and trying to cram it into our, our own framework and mind and lives and how it might apply to us without first really getting at what did it mean to them, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we do want to be good students of your word, so give us your grace and the enlightenment of your Holy Spirit as we... Um, as we study this passage this week. So Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks everybody, see you tomorrow.